Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. But if you brought a Bible with you and you have one, one of those in uh, paper form or electronic form, uh, please turn with me to the book of Mark. We're going to be in, the, in the, um, the chapter number 16. And I want to welcome you back here this morning um, to part three of our series titled Go, uh, which is a series that's all about the Great Commission and it's uh, all about the part that we play in it. And as we talked about this series, uh, is about Jesus' command for us all to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And as we begun this series, we talked about how the Great Commission and evangelism and disciple making is not just the work of a select few gifted individuals who happen to be in full-time ministry. It's not just about pastors and evangelists and missionaries. The Great Commission is really about all of us, all believers. And we are all called to get involved in the Great Commission. And so we all have a part to play. And because of that, we've come to understand about the text, uh, that is this imperative that Jesus' words, he tells us, you know, the imperative in the phrase is not so much the word go, you know, like go and street witness or go into other countries as a missionary or go to some big church rally, even though those things are relevant ways to share the gospel. The emphasis in this text is not about going per se that way. It's actually about disciple making. The emphasis of the Great Commission is making disciples or Christ followers. And as we discovered, uh, because of this then, uh, that the event Evangelism is really only the very first part of the Great Commission. Evangelism is kind of the beginning of the process. It's not it, the goal itself. The goal is to bring people into a saving knowledge of Christ, of course, but then the goal is to help them to become a member of the body of Christ and to help them to follow God the way that we have learned to follow God. We are to make disciples. And then those disciples, those new disciples, would in turn go out and do the same thing. They would get involved in the Great Commission too and make disciples also. The whole point of the Great Commission is that it's self-replicating, disciples going out and making other disciples. And so in week one, I challenge you to commit yourselves to getting involved in the Great Commission uh, and challenging you, you yourself because, um, because you're called to get involved. We are all, every one of us called. And, and that you would commit to helping one other person become a disciple of Christ. If you would help just one other person come to know Jesus and help them to get plugged into a local church and you would help them to learn to follow Christ. And then last week we began talking about the how. How do we do that? And, and where we started was this story from the book of Acts where Paul isn't preaching to a crowd and he isn't, you know, debating in some public forum. Instead, Paul and his companion Silas are in jail. And, and, and while they're in jail, they are able to make disciples of the jailer and his entire family. And the reason why is that they were able to do this is three distinct reasons. Number one, they were sold out for Christ. Number two, you know, uh, yeah, number two, these men valued other people more than themselves. They valued the life and the interests of this jailer over their own interest. They stayed in their prison cell, even though they were supernaturally set free because they knew that the jailer would lose his life if they left. Instead, they decided to stay because they cared about him, a completely, you know, a complete stranger to them. Okay, and then number three, they were prepared to share the gospel and make disciples. They were prepared to share the hope and the healing of Jesus Christ with the jailer at a moment's notice and they were prepared to take whatever opportunity presented to them to help him take that next step towards following Jesus. And so as we come to understand 
from this story is that if we're going to be effective in, in doing our work in the Great Commission, then we need to be like Paul and Silas, and we need to be commit, we need to commit to being sold out. We need to sell all the way out for Christ. That there shouldn't be anything we're um, unwilling to do for Jesus. Okay, we need to commit to selling out, and then we need to commit to putting others' interest above our own. This is the hard one. You know, putting other people's interest above our own, and then we need to commit to be ready to make disciples wherever we go. And so the first two weeks of this series are really kind of foundational, and they're gonna, we're going to build off that for the next few weeks. And so if you've missed either of these messages, I want to encourage you to get caught up, and you can do that, you know, by, by going uh, into building up of what we learned. You can go to... Uh, um, either our SoundCloud page. Um, and, and let me just tell you a little bit about SoundCloud. SoundCloud is basically a social media platform. It's kind of like Facebook or Twitter, but the whole kind of like crux of it is it's all around sound files, music, audios, people's, you know, like speeches, lectures, and, and, and preaching. Okay, and so it's a social media platform, and we upload every one of the messages that, uh, that, that we, we give here on Sunday morning to SoundCloud. So it's always on the Internet, and you always have access to it. So if you want to go back and re-listen to it, or if you missed it, you can listen to it. But while you're there on the SoundCloud page, you can listen or you can share with your friends. You can subscribe to our profile and, and get updates where you never actually miss a message again. You can even download the app on your phone where you can actually like make listening really, really easy. Now, the other way you can listen... To our message, you can go to our church website, fbcboron.org. Just click the sermons tab, and we're uploading every message there as well as an archive. It's easy for you to get connected that way. And for your convenience, the website addresses are already in your bulletin, so you don't have to write those things down. Um, and then, you know, you can actually then go, go from there. Now, the first two parts of this series, okay, the goal uh, was commitment. Then the first two parts of what we, we, we did was the, the goal was to, to get committed. We wanted to help you, number one, to get committed to getting involved. We wanted to help you to get getting committed to getting involved in the Great Commission. And then we wanted to help you get committed to selling out for Jesus and getting committed to putting the interest of others above your own and help you getting committed to preparing yourselves to make disciples. Now this week, we're going to begin to focus on actually practical applications. We're going to actually start giving you things to do. Uh, we're going to begin to talk about the nuts and the bolts of how to fulfill the Great Commission. And to do that, uh, what I, and to do what we want to accomplish today, I want to open your eyes to the opportunities that you have to do what Jesus has commanded you to do. And so to do that, to help you go make disciples, we're going to look at the text in Mark beginning in chapter number 16. And so uh, without too much setup. Let's just jump right in here and read this together. Uh, beginning in verse 14, it says, Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining um, at a table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go in all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now, let's just talk about the context of this for a second. Okay, this is obviously a different event than the one that we talked about in week one, which was recorded in Matthew. Okay, um, Matthew's event takes place in a public space on a mountainside. This event is in a private room around a table, probably after a meal. This event, I mean, the event in Matthew that we looked at before, uh, Jesus proclaimed the Great Commission to a crowd of over 500 people. In this event, Jesus is talking to just the 11 disciples. In the event in Matthew, 
It takes place a couple of weeks after the resurrection, about two weeks after the resurrection. And this event is probably the same event that's recorded in John where, where Thomas's doubts were removed and Jesus appeared to all 11 of them at one time and he rebukes him for his unbelief. And so this is probably the first time all the 11 disciples saw him together. And this happened probably about eight days after the resurrection of Jesus. Now, why is this important? Well, this is important for two reasons. Number one, it's important because the Great Commission isn't something that Jesus said to the disciples right before he left the earth, okay? Instead, the Great Commission was probably the first commandment that Jesus gave his disciples after the resurrection, it was probably the first initiative he gave them after the resurrection. That right from the very beginning, after the resurrection, Jesus was already telling his disciples that their job was to spread the gospel everywhere. And this makes sense because that was the plan. Jesus died to save the world, and it was their job to go out and spread the good news. Now, the second reason why this is important is because of the fact that Jesus gave the commandment more than once. And, and, and what that means is he was absolutely serious about it. He made a point to issue the command at least twice. That means Jesus was extremely serious about this. Because as you study the Bible, when, we've, when you notice when God says something, it's always important. But if God says it more than once, you know it's doubly important. And he's really trying to get your attention. And so we have recorded in the Bible at least twice Jesus giving the Great Commission. Once in Matthew, once in Mark. Now the truth is, Jesus was on the earth for about 40 days uh, after the resurrection. And it's probably safe to assume that Jesus gave the Great Commission multiple times. It's kind of the way leaders work and the way leaders do things when they launch a big venture. They have the inner circle. They get them involved first. They tell them what the plan is first. And then they go out into a slightly larger crowd and tell them what the plan is to get buy-in. And then they go out and get into a slightly larger crowd. Maybe they're getting some, some community leaders involved. And then they go out and they share it with the public at large. And then you share the message over and the plan over and over and over again to build momentum. So it's safe to assume that Jesus gave the Great Commission multiple times in multiple venues. Because, because that's the plan that Jesus was using to reach the rest of the world with the gospel. The Great Commission is God's plan to use to, to, to save the world. And so this meeting is kind of like the launching point of the Great Commission. He got all 11 of his trusted disciples involved in launching this campaign. And he makes his disciples to go out and make disciples of the nations. Now, there's something I want you to notice in this text here in verse 15. He says, go into, into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now, you have to keep in mind here what Jesus says in Matthew. He says, for followers to go make disciples of all nations. And as you read the text from Matthew, like we studied a couple weeks ago, you get this sense of how big the Great Commission is, how, how great it is, uh, and that you were to go make disciples of all nations. And that word nation in the, he, uh, the Hebrew doesn't mean countries as we think of it. It means people groups. It means um, every possible kind of people group regardless of their nationality. Because you, you have to understand most countries have multiple people groups, groups of people with different cultures and sometimes even different languages and completely different identities, even though they live in a single country. And in, in, in the event recorded in Matthew, the focus seems to be on those groups of people, communities, neighborhoods, ethnic groups, and even countries. The focus is to make disciples in every one of those people groups. But notice here in the text in Mark, he says, go into all the world, again, big scope, and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now, there's something you have to understand 
about this phrase that is translated the whole creation. The whole creation that we read here is an attempt to take the Greek thought and turn it into an English thought. And the Greek language is rich and complex and sometimes, you know, Greek ideas don't have an exact word-for-word correspondence into English. Sometimes it takes multiple English words and multiple uh, phrases to help encompass the idea in Greek. And that's the case here. In fact, the word that's translated in as creation in the English Standard Version that, we, that we're reading from is the Greek word uh, which is pronounced katesis. Okay? This word katesis absolutely means creation. It means all created things. It means all things created by God's special creative power. So it really is a big word that encompasses all of creation. But that's not the only possible meaning of this word. Katesis can also mean every creature. Every living thing. In fact, the Bible, uh, some Bible translations uh, like the King James or the Net Bible or Webster's Bible translation all say creature. That we are to proclaim the gospel to every creature. Now this is important because both of these, both of these translations in essence are correct because they both reflect the spirit of Jesus' words here in, in Mark. Because we are called to proclaim the gospel to all of creation and to every creature. You see, this helps us to get a, a big universal sense of the Great Commission. We are to preach the gospel to all created beings. And the underlying idea of this text can be summarized this way. We are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Okay? That's the idea behind this word catesis. That we're to preach the good news to everyone, every creature in all creation. That there should be no one who we're not preaching to. We're to preach to everyone. Now, you may be thinking, why are you speaking Greek to me this morning? And why are you emphasizing this point? Well, the point is this. As we talked about from the very beginning, when we think about the Great Commission, we tend to think about how big it is. Going into the world, we tend to think about certain images. We think about missionaries going to Africa to preach the gospel to some small village. We think about people going out to the inner city, standing on the corner with their bullhorn and their sign, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. We tend to think about people passing out Bible tracts or street witnessing or or meeting people, you know, or, or, or going to meetings, whether they're in like a real big baseball stadium or a small church, and listening to a persuasive preacher proclaiming the gospel to a crowd, and throngs of people are hearing the message and getting saved. And again, those things are certainly relevant ways to share the gospel, but as for you and me individually doing our part to fulfill the Great Commission, those are big, impersonal ideas that make evangelism and the Great Commission about something that's out there for somebody else to do. These things approach the Great Commission in a big way that is out there. And the problem with that is the majority of us won't get involved in those things because most of us are not evangelists or, or, or missionaries or even preachers. Most of us have jobs and children and lives to keep, to keep us confined, so to speak. Most of us live where we interact in a certain geographic area and we interact within certain circles of people based around work and interest and, and community and our kids. And, and those big out there activities not something that we're just going to get involved with. It's just not going to happen. Okay? And it's okay because it's not supposed to be just about those things out there. Instead, it's supposed to be about all of us doing our part to make disciples because the idea of the Great Commission is that as we go, as we go, 
and live our lives and do the things that we do, we are to go and make disciples. And the idea behind the word katesis, this Greek word, is that we are to share the gospel with all creation. All creation. All creatures that we come in contact with. We're to share the gospel with every creature we come across. That Which means we're to share the gospel with everyone. Everyone. Everyone we come in contact with as we go in our normal lives. You see, you don't have to travel the world to find people to share the gospel with. You don't have to leave our little town to go to a big city to find people to share the gospel with. You don't have to go out of your way to share the hope and the healing with the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people out there. You can do that right here. Right here in your community and in your neighborhood, and at your school, and at your workplace. You can do that on your street, and the places where you have lunch. You can even do that where you bank. You don't have to go out of your way to share Jesus, because the truth is, many of us that are blind to, is this. We're, su- we're surrounded by people, okay, in our day-to-day lives, who do not know Christ. We are surrounded by people who need the love of Jesus. We are surrounded by people who are lost. They are lost. So we don't have to go out of our way to fulfill the Great Commission in our life because everywhere we look, there are people who are lost. And more than that, there are people in your circle of influence who need to know Christ. There are people in your life who are already, that you have credibility with right now that you can open the door for them to receive the gospel. There are people in your life who will listen to you long before they will listen to some preacher who tells them about their need for Jesus. There are people who you work, who work where you work, who don't know Christ. There are people who go to school where you go to school who don't know Jesus. There are people who attend the same meetings you do and who go to all the same youth sporting events that you go to. There are people who go to the same family functions you go to. There are people who shop at the same stores and eat at the same restaurants who don't know Jesus. You see, you don't have to go and get on a plane and fly off to Zimbabwe to share the gospel of Christ unless that's what God is calling you to do. Okay? You have plenty of people in your life right now who need to hear the gospel of Christ. This is intensely practical. Okay? This is a practical way of looking at the Great Commission. Okay? It makes it easier for you to get involved because think about this. When the Great Commission is out there, it's easy not to think about it. It's easy to forget about it, right? Well, I'm not a street preacher. I'm not going to any third world countries anytime soon. Right? And I'm certainly not going to get in front of a huge crowd to preach a message. That's just not who I am. All that's out there. But the Great Commission is not just out there. It's right here. It's, you see it when, when you go out. It's right around you. Okay? When you see it, it's out there. So when it's out there, no one's looking at you, asking you, why aren't you involved? No one's looking at you thinking, how come they're not in the trenches saving souls? But it's not just out there. It's right here in your community and probably in your own family and maybe even in your own circle of friends and associates. Your mission field is right here and it's intensely practical because it's tangible. It's right here. You can touch it. So it's not some pipe dream. It's not just you know, some delusion of grandeur. It is right here. And you're surrounded by people who need Jesus. Everywhere you go, someone is there to share with. Jesus says, preach the gospel to every creature, every person. You're surrounded by people who need to hear the good news about Jesus. 
They're all around you. They're not just out there. Which means you can do this. And, and more importantly, it means you must do this. Because there's another truth that we need to come face to face about these people. The truth is this. If these people don't have a relationship with Christ, then they are right now already, they stand condemned. You understand the magnitude of that reality. Every person you come in contact with who does not know Christ already stands condemned. And because of it, they will come face to face at some point in the future with the wrath of God. They are already condemned and they will one day face the wrath of God. Doesn't matter how nice they are. Doesn't matter how much we like them. Doesn't matter how good a family person they may be. Doesn't matter how many homeless people they feed or how well liked they are in their community. Doesn't matter if they remember your birthday and know all the names of all your grandchildren. Okay. If they don't know Christ, they stand condemned already. And one day they will face the judgment and the wrath of God. And you have to understand that. You cannot walk in ignorance of that. You have to take ownership of that fact. Okay? That these people that you meet and the people that you know and that you like and even some of them you dislike, if they do not know Jesus, they already stand condemned. And here's the thing. If you don't do something to fix it, you're a party to that. I mean, think about this. You're standing on a street corner and a blind man starts to walk out into the street in front of a bus. Do you just stand by and watch it happen? No. Okay. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. <laughs> you don't just let him march off to his demise. You, know? you don't just say, well, that's none of my business. You know? Of course not. You do something about it. You say something. You scream something. You grab a hold of him. Right? Even people who don't know God get involved in these kinds of circumstances. Right? Well, it's the same idea. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic here, and I'm certainly not trying to play to your fears, but you have to understand we have this tendency to underestimate the magnitude of the consequences of not helping people to know Jesus. Because think about this. This life, as long as it may seem, and as comfortable at times as it may feel, this life one day will come to an end. Everybody's life one day will come to an end including your families, your friends, your co-workers, your associates, everyone you meet. At some point, all of their lives will end. They will stop breathing. Their hearts will stop beating. They will all die. And once that happens, we come face to face with the living God and they will be judged. Paul tells us in the letter to Hebrews, he says, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Good or bad, everyone you meet will die, and they will face God. And the only question to be answered in that moment is, are they in Christ, or are they not? There is no middle ground. There is no, like, remedial religious education. Okay. Are they in Christ, or are they not? And as Jesus says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. That's the words of Jesus. So anytime somebody wants to say, well, God is love and he would like give people a second chance, let's just hear the words of God himself, Jesus. He says, whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Okay, there's not any mincing of words. There's no middle ground with that. 
And so every person that you know will and ever will know, or every person you will casually bump into will one day die, and they will stand and they will face God. And they will face eternity somewhere, and that's the reality. Every person you come in contact will spend eternity somewhere, either with God or separate from God, for eternity. That's the reality that you have to grab hold of. That's the truth that you have to to hang on to. You have to take seriously and take personally. Every single human that you meet on the street, that you make contact with, that you brush into, become friends with, become acquaintances with, fall in love with, work with, every single one of those human beings that you have a personal interaction with or have influence with, every one of them, one day, will take that step off into eternity. One day they will die, step off into eternity, and forever they will be somewhere. They will either be with God or they will be separated from God in hell forever. And so my question to you is then, are you unwilling and uncaring enough to allow that to happen? Will you allow them to step off into eternity without at least making an attempt to make sure that they know who Christ is? I mean, it's the same idea here. If you see them about to step off in front of a bus, are you going to let that happen? Well, no. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, but only worse. And you have to understand that because the consequences are so much bigger. Now, I know that right now I'm putting some pressure on you. And I get it. And, uh, and, I, know, and I know that you're probably a little bit uncomfortable because inside you, you know the truth. You know I'm right. But you struggle with this. You know it's the truth. You know I'm right, but you struggle with this. Right? But for some reason, you just instinctively understand that you have some obligation to get involved, but you still struggle with it. You struggle to do this. You struggle to push yourself into this. And that's not unusual, because guess what? Everybody struggles with this. Everybody struggles with this. And there are three foundational reasons why people struggle with this. Three basic reasons people struggle. And the reasons are this. Fear. Lack of intentionality and lack of know-how. Fear, lack of intentionality, and lack of know-how. These are the three reasons why we struggle to do this. So let's look at the first one. The first one is simply fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. uh, Fear of of being seen as, as pushy. Fear of being made fun of. Right? Most of us, when we think about sharing Christ with another person that we know or that we're acquainted with, we experience some sort of fear on some level. In fact, here's just a real quick short video to illustrate this, this little point here. I feel 
uncomfortable. Why? Just came here to read my Bible. How are you? So, how was your weekend? It was good. What did you do? I do not want to be embarrassed. Oh, I went to church and then I hung out with friends from my Sunday school class. Hey, a bunch of us are going to Do you want to come with us? I don't want them to think I'm a loser. I'd love to. It just depends on what you're going to be doing. Now, how many of you can kind of identify with some of that? I mean, we don't want to be seen as pushy. We don't want to be embarrassed, right? You don't want to make people feel uncomfortable talking about church and Jesus. And you don't want to be known as, you know, as the holy roller. And, and you don't want to make things awkward between you and your friend, right? All right. You know, you, you definitely don't want to be seen as one of those religious nuts that everyone tries to avoid, right? Like, you know, like those guys on Facebook who are like screaming and hollering about the color of a, a, a Starbucks cup. You know what I mean? You know, nobody wants to be seen like that. Nobody wants to be even associated with that. The, the, the truth is, the truth is we don't want to be seen that way. And, 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 and that's why we struggle sometimes to share the gospel. And at the roots of this is, is fear. We're just afraid. We're afraid for lots of reasons. We're afraid of how it will come off. We're afraid that we'll be too pushy. We're, 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 you know, we're afraid that they won't, we won't know what to say. You know, most of all, we're just afraid because you know we think that people are going to end up rejecting us. We fear people rejecting us, and at the end of the day, that fear gets in the way of us doing our part for the Great Commission. But the bottom line is, our fear should actually motivate us. We should not be afraid. To share the gospel, we should be afraid not to share the gospel. In fact, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Hey, Justin, why don't you turn around here? Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. It's the power for everyone who believes. I'm not just, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he says. I'm not afraid to share it. I'm not embarrassed of it. I'm not embarrassed to share it. I'm not embarrassed to, or ashamed to tell people that I believe in Jesus. I'm not even afraid, you know, uh, for them to think of me as a religious nut, he says. In fact, even Paul says, I'm a fool for Christ. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power, you know, for salvation for everyone who believes. You see... You shouldn't be afraid to share the gospel. You should be afraid not to. Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation. For who? For everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. Think about this. You're standing next to someone who's dying of poison. And you have in your hand, you have the antidote. Do you refuse to give it to them because you're afraid that the stick of the needle is going to hurt them and they're going to be mad at you? Okay? No, all right? You give them the antidote because you're afraid that they're going to die. It's the same thing. The person who refuses to share the gospel, you know, why would you refuse to share the gospel with someone who one day will die? They, you know, they might not hear the gospel any other time. And that's the important thing, okay? The truth is that we have to embrace about life is this. You don't know when someone's time is up. It could be 50 years, it could be six months from now. It could be two, year, two hours from now. You just don't know. I had a friend of mine who had a business in Bakersfield. He was a very strong Christian man. Uh, and he had an employee that he had to lay off. And, and this guy kind of took this hard because he's losing his job and it's tough, you know, when, when you lose your job. And, and my friend had this strong sense that he needed to, to share Christ with this guy. And my buddy was like, Lord, really? Like right now? Are you, are you kidding me? I just, I'm letting this guy go. 
I mean, I mean, think about this. Hey, man, why don't you come in my office? I got some bad news and I got some good news for you, all right? Bad news is you're not working here no more. The good news is Jesus died for your sins. How about that? All right, have a nice day. No, that's awkward and uncomfortable, right? I mean, he's like, how am I going to balance this out? How am I going to do that? Well, my buddy, as much as he struggled with this, as much fear as he felt, and, and as much as he didn't want to have to do this, he listened to God's direction. He took the time to lovingly share the gospel with this young man. And, and he actually, to his amazement, received Christ as his Savior. And, and, and he was thrilled about that. But here's the part you have to understand. A week later, my buddy was so grateful to God that he listened to God's direction because this young man was killed in an accident a week later. Okay? Within a week of receiving Christ as his Savior, this man steps off into eternity and now stands in the presence of God. You see, your fear should motivate you to share the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You have within you the antidote of what poisons their lives. You have the solutions to their greatest problem. You have the answer to their greatest need. And all you need to do is share it. Now, if they reject it, that's on them. Their blood is on their own head. If you share it and they reject it, then your conscience is clean. And guess what? Things can go back to normal then. Fine. But do not allow your fear to prevent you from helping someone to walk into eternal life. Instead, use that fear that they will perish as motivation to share your hope that you have in Christ and the healing of Christ with every person you come in contact with. Now, the second reason why people struggle sharing with the gospel isn't so much because they're afraid. It's just they lack intentionality. You know, there's not been intentional about sharing Jesus with other people in their lives. They've not really just made a conscious decision to get involved in the work of the Great Commission. Now, I'm not saying they didn't intend to, okay? I'm not saying they didn't, get, they didn't intend to get involved, all right? It's just they haven't made a conscious decision to follow through and get involved. You see, there's a real big difference between good intentions and being intentional, there's a world of difference between having good intentions about something and being intentional about something. Because one is a wish and the other is a choice. Having good intentions is a wish or a daydream. We've all been there. One day I'm going to... You just fill in the blank, right? Good intentions you know, are just that, intentions. But being intentional, that's different. Being intentional is a regular, consistent decision to take action. It's a choice. And we all have good intentions, right? We all have great intentions. We intend to do this. You know, we intend to do that. We intend to get involved in this thing. We intend to, to check up on that person. We, you know, we, we intend to start that program. Right? We, get, we all have good intentions. And as good as they may be, they're not taking us anywhere. They don't take us where we need to go. Intentions, unless they become intentional actions, are only wishes or pipe dreams. They're only warm thoughts that we have. And many of us have great intentions. We have great intentions about sharing the gospel with our friends and other people. But the problem is, just as far as we've gotten, it's only an intention. It's only a thought. And so what we need to do is we need to simply take the next step and become intentional about doing our part. We need to become intentional about the Great Commission. We need to commit to, you know, taking concrete action. We need to, to be deliberately moving forward. We need to commit to putting together a plan of action and then executing that plan. Now, if you've been with us so far in the last couple of weeks, you, you've already committed to a couple of things. You've committed to getting involved. 
Okay, you, you've also committed to selling out for Christ and putting others above others' interest above your own, and you've you've committed to getting prepared to share the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, and you've have already taken steps then in the right direction. Now it's just simply time to take the next step, and the next step is to make this next commitment. You need to commit to being intentional when it comes to sharing the gospel. You need to commit to being intentional about sharing the gospel with everyone. Everyone around you. You need to become intentional about doing your part for the Great Commission. Now the reason why you've not been intentional to this point and the reason why you've not you know, you know, done anything about this is because you haven't thought about it. And, and the reason why you haven't thought about it is because you're not focusing your attention on this. And the reason why you haven't focused your attention on this is you just don't have a plan to do anything about it. You've not taken the time to get clear and make a plan to share the gospel with everyone around you. Now remember... The phrase, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. The reason why you've not done this so far, and the reason why you've not gone out of your way to make disciples is because you just don't have a plan for that. And so it doesn't make, you know, and so it doesn't make it on your to-do list every day. It doesn't make it on the things that you need to accomplish today or this week or next month. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make it on your plans. And if you don't plan it, it doesn't get done. You don't just randomly show up at the doctor's office, right? You make an appointment and make a plan to go there. You don't just, if you don't plan it, you won't do it. And because of that, and because you don't have a plan, it's easy for you to let yourself off the hook. You just simply have these good intentions where you feel good about the thoughts that you have. But I want to help you to overcome that today. I want, to, I want you to help you to eliminate the excuses that get in the way and help you to become intentional about the gospel and the Great Commission. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to help you to build a plan so you can become intentional about this. And this plan begins with the sheet of paper that you have in your bulletin there. Okay. Uh, in fact, you can go ahead and take that out. Take that out. It's, it's on the top of it says top ten. Okay. In fact, it looks like like this one right here. Good. It looks like that right there. All right. And so what I want you to do is I want to take this out, the sheet of paper out of your bulletin, and, and let's just look at this together. All right. Now, the first thing I want you to notice is under the logo, it says top 10. Okay. And there are 10 spaces to be filled in. Well, the reason for that is because the very first step in your plan of taking ownership of this and becoming intentional about reaching people around you for the gospel of Christ is to make a list. That's the first step, is to make a list. You see, the reason why you don't think about sharing the gospel with other people is because you don't keep in focus the people around you who don't know Christ. You don't have these people fixed in your mind so that, and so because of that, they're, they're, you know, they're not, you're not creating opportunities to talk to them or connect with them. Well, we're going to fix that. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to help you to think about these people in your life. And you do that by making a list. That's what we're going to we're going to have you do for your homework is just take this home and you're going to make a list. And I want you to write down the top 10 people in your life right now that you're pretty confident that do not actually know Jesus. They don't have a relationship with the Lord. I want you to write their names down or their identities. I mean, like it might be that guy at the store. You know what I mean? That's cool. All right. But put down the top 10 non-believers in your life. That way you have someone to focus on and think about. And then the next step of the plan is pray. You just need to pray that God would prepare their hearts. You need to prepare. You need to pray that God would prepare your hearts. We need to pray that God would create opportunities to give you and give you favor with these people. 
You need to pray, and you need to continually pray every single day for all ten people. You need to pray every single day about their salvation. You need to go before God and, and beg Him and plead with Him to rescue these people. You need to daily intercede for these people you know, on their behalf. And this is important because, because this kind of prayer actually changes things. This kind of prayer sets things in motion. This kind of prayer changes you. It changes your heart. It changes your mind. It opens you up to more of the way that God is working in your life. You need to be intentional every day and you need to pray. And then the third step in this plan is you need to prepare. And we've kind of talked about this. Paul and Silas were prepared to share the gospel at a moment's notice. Well, you need to do the same thing. You need to begin, you know, right now preparing to share the gospel with these 10 people. You need to prepare and begin working and preparing to have those conversations with those people, which means you need to, to go ahead and sell out for Christ and you need to jump into his word and you need to read it and study it and memorize it. And you need, you need to start making the word a part of your daily life. You need to get plugged in and you need to get plugged in with other Christians in fellowship where you can connect with other believers and talk to them about your plans and get advice from veteran Christians who can help you in this area and pray for you. You can also read books or also watch DVDs uh, studies that will help you grow in your walk with God. In fact, today, in fact, today, I'm going to give everyone who wants it access to an online resource where you can watch thousands of DVD Bible studies on hundreds of different subjects for absolutely free. It's completely free to you. And you can access it on your computer or your smartphone. And all you need to do is grab one of those little papers in front of you, the, 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 the information request cards, put your name and whatever email address you want me to, and I'll email you an invitation, and then they will allow you to set up your own username and password. And it is, this is an, a free online resource that you can have. And you can, you can watch and do these Bible studies and they're by, by, gr by great authors and lots of great pastors. But preparing for this huge, preparing for this is a huge part of the plan. You need to prepare your heart and prepare your mind and prepare to meet people where they need to be met and be ready to share the gospel of Christ with other people. Now, you might at this point say, well, Sherman, you know, I'm willing to get, you know, over my fear and I'm, I'm certainly willing to become intentional and I'm willing to make a list and I'm willing to pray for these people and I'm willing to prepare, but I'm just not sure how to prepare. I'm not exactly sure, you know, how to prepare for this. Well, that leads to the third reason why people struggle with this and that is the lack of know-how. Some people just don't know how to prepare and they really just don't know how to share the gospel with someone else. They just lack the know-how for that. Well, the good news is we're going to talk about that. We're going to help you with the how. We're going, to, we're going to get to the nuts and bolts of the how part of it, you know, and how to talk and prepare to talk to people. But we're going to start tackling that subject next week. Next week, we're going to get really, really practical in the how do I do this? How do I talk to people? How do I prepare to share the hope of Jesus Christ with other people? But now for the time being, I just want you to simply do this this week. You need to commit to becoming intentional about your part in the Great Commission. And then you need to start, you know, get started with your plan, which means you need to make a list. And you start praying for people on that list. And you need to commit to learning to prepare to share the gospel with people that you talk to in the coming weeks. So make the commitment to get started on this list. And once you've actually made this list, then if you need to, make copies. And put those copies in places where you can see them. At your desk, you know, on a mirror somewhere. 
somewhere that will remind you that you need to pray for these people every day, that you're like really going before the throne of grace every day to lift these people up. Now, now that you have, you have to understand something though. This is the part that I really want you to kind of lean in and grab a hold of. Okay. If you'll do this, if you'll begin making this plan and follow through on this and see it through to conclusion, you will absolutely reach someone for Christ. Someone on your list will change and become a Christ follower if we will just do this. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. This will absolutely happen. And think about this. If we were all to do this, if all of us were to do this, we would collectively do this, we would collectively add about 50 to 60 people to the kingdom of heaven. And we would turn loose 50 to 60 people, Christ followers, on this community. And let me just tell you, if something like that happens, things will change. Things will absolutely change. You have to understand that. Okay, this is the place where we have to stop talking and start doing. Because the truth is, because you know this, you no longer have the right to complain anymore. You no longer have the right to gripe anymore. We can change our church. We can change our community. We can change our families. We can change our world around us if we will just do our part. It is as simple as that. Now, I'm not saying that it's easy. But it is as simple as that. So it's time to start to stop talking. And it's time for us to start doing. You have within you the gospel, which is the power of God to save the lost, which is the power to absolutely change the world. The only question is, is what will you do with that power? Will you sit on it or will you get busy changing the world? Let me pray for you. Father, just, I love you and I, and I thank you for your word and your grace. I thank you for the fact that you love us so much that you want us to be involved in this. And I just pray, Lord God, that all of us would just take seriously the commission that you've given us, that we would want to go out and touch the lives of other people, that we would want to go out and connect in a brand new way, that we would, we would, we would seek some brand new way to, to minister to and to love on um, these are the people, Lord, and, and that, that we would have this opportunity to share the gospel with him. And Father, that we would transform the very nature of our families and, and this church and our community because of that. Because Lord, you, you're all good and, and, and you're all knowing and you're a God of restoration, a God of healing and, and you want to rescue people. You, you know, your, your word says that you, know, you're, you, would, you don't want anybody to perish. So Lord, just fire us up for that. Give us the, that, that, that passion for that and help us to become intentional in this. Help us to have that desire to, to want to lift people up before you, Lord, and take this seriously, Lord. And help us to, to move ever towards that goal. Lord, I just thank you for that. And I thank you for all the people here. I pray that you would bless their families. You would meet them where, where they need to be met, Lord. I pray for those who are not here, Lord. And I pray that we'd bring them all back here safely, Lord. I pray that you'd be glorified in all of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. for listening. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. And please consider partnering with us financially as we share the hope and the healing of Jesus Christ with our community and with the world.